This is CliffCentral.com. Regulators! Mount up. That's right, Timmy Meraki is in your ears, in your herd, in your airware. Good morning, everybody. This is Timmy Meraki coming to you live from cliffcentral.com. Now, darlings, as you know, I am without Mabale Moloi today. Unfortunately or fortunately, I'll be flying solo. I am missing my Mabale, though. So I would like a bitch to explain to me why she not at work. Let me just find out from my people if we have young Babale on the line. I've been trying to track her down. All right, they don't have her yet. In case you missed it, I made it very clear that today is Ask Tumi Day. I will be delivering my state of the Tumi Marake speech. And I will answer any and all questions thrown my way. So fire away. Don't be scared. Anywho. Oh, here's the first question I got. This is so exciting. Um, Patricia Patricia asks. She, her name is Patricia Lala. She says, you're looking more beautiful. So tell me your secret. Because I'm also big. Need to lose some weight like you. Just love the way you. Well, it's actually quite simple, really. I began gym. You know, it's very nice to take shortcuts, but the problem with shortcuts is that terms and conditions apply. So, I decided that I I want to look good, I want to feel good, and I want to be strong. So, what I'm doing is I'm gymming with kettlebells and nothing more. I actually literally, at the most, do about half an hour of gym a day. 40 minutes at a stretch and then the other half an hour 20 minutes I just walk not even walk on a machine as in I I walk in my hood um I pick the trails that are more uh, that have an incline so that I'm really working and then I come back home shower life goes on and I've cut what I've done is I've hugely cut out sugar um, so I don't add sugar myself to anything when I buy stuff as much as possible. I buy stuff that does not have sugar or has been, or has got some kind of supplement, uh, replacement, um, and, uh, cut down on bread, Kida. But because I'm doing weights, right? Because I'm doing weights, I'm also not on a diet, which is awesome because I don't crave stuff. Cause what I do is I've given myself a 60, 40 rule. If 60% of the time I'm eating properly, 40% of the time I forgive myself for eating the bad stuff. Cause I work it off anyway and I pumper myself with water, but I mean, I drink water. Water is my new BFF. Ooh, that was such a long answer to such a simple question. Anyway. How's South Africa doing? How are you, my babies? Because I worry. I really do worry. Um, we're very tense. We're very tense. And it's the kind of tension that literally makes no sense to me. Um, I know we've spoken about it every week, but that's how serious this is. I do not understand how we can still be having a racial tension now. Be the age of the people who are having this fight, guys. I, we need to talk about this. Wabana, you can't just put a plaster over things and think they'll disappear. It goes to show you that it's time to rip off that plaster, deal with this wounded self, disinfect it, and then we can all move on. Eh? Why are you so angry, guys? Eh? Are people just not having enough sex? 
are we, are we not watching enough sport? Are we not going to the rugby games enough? Are we not going to the soccer games? What is wrong, South Africa? I just, I don't understand the angst. I drive on the road and people are already angry. Although I must say, this is, I'm sorry, don't be to me a racist, but I appreciate white anger because for some reason, white anger always, always has a positive spin to it. White anger always, you know, white people don't just get angry. They get angry with a solution. We get angry, blow up shit, go and toy toy and burn and destroy our own resources, which we are later going to complain that, oh, no service delivery. Yeah, but how can we service deliver when you've burnt down the office, which we're supposed to deliver the service through? Anyway, the why I say this is because, um, so I'm rushing to my gig and, um, the, the toll gate is, there's a long queue, right? In that manual side. So I'm like, okay, cool. Let me go to the auto side because I've always swiped my bank card there and it's worked, right? It's worked. So <clears throat> I go, I swipe. How? This card doesn't swipe. I swipe again. And the car in front of me, by the way, had had the same problem. The guy had swiped like, 10 million times and then eventually it actually went the road, it let him through. So I'm also trying and thinking maybe the machine is a problem. Then I switch cards because I'm thinking I've tried this one too many times. Let me try my next card. Dude behind me, young white man, hot by the way. There's nothing worse than being cucked out by a hot white man. Anyway, so he comes up and now I'm thinking I'm, I'm about to get punched in the face, right? But he swipes for me. He swipes his card. He literally pays for me to get through the toll, but then he still cucks me out. Like, if you don't have the right card, don't join this queue. Ah! And I'm going, thank you, and I'm sorry, but time your heart too, brother. And then, yeah, I very shamefully um just uh, drove to my gig. Sped off, in fact. Um, and, um, but I was just thinking if I, I'm wondering if a black guy would have done the same thing. Oh, you have come to come and shout at me and come and shout every single card, including my clicks card. And then he was going to make me probably, he was probably going to help me reverse out of that queue so that they can go. I'm sorry. My people, it's just, I was, I was just very surprised. I'm like, you're helping me and shouting at me. Like there's love involved. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I just feel like. Anger, I hope there's someone writing a thesis on hate and racism and xenophobia where they look at where some people just don't understand their feelings and because they don't understand them and they fear them, they manifest themselves as, as hate when it's actually not hate. Like I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Like when, when, when white people call racist white people call black people marmite monsters, that I'm sorry is a delicious thing. I'm, Personally, I love my marmite. Okay. Now, if you're a white person and you call somebody a marmite monster, and I know that uh, white people introduced me to marmite, my friend Caroline, when I was a kid, that was the first time I had marmite. I'll never forget. We had it on toast. And I'm thinking, if you're calling me a marmite monster, I'm picturing you as that slice of white toast and me as the marmite that is going to get on that toast and you just want to consume me and consume me and I'm consumable and so are you. So I just feel like we need to explore hate in this country, where it really comes from, the fascination, you know, the number of mixed race people that are there. I'm not even trying to make a colored joke. I'm talking about mixed races and your mother is black or your father is black and the other person that made you with them is the opposite race. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. I have kids and I feel like they're growing up and I watch them and I watch the things I say and how 
you know, they have friends whose parents I have to interact with when there's a party or whatever. So they are coming, having heard whatever I've said before, and they want to know if my kids know what I say. Like my firstborn, for example, is too smart for his own pants. So I need to, especially now, make sure that whatever I say, I can stand by with my son. Because when I swear, he tells me to watch my words, you know, um, even the things he says when I'm like, dude, how's grade one? Are you finding it hard? He's like, ah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. You know, it was tricky at first, but I'm getting there. <laughs> Thinking, <laughs> you're six, man. <laughs> Why are you answering me like I just asked a twin-one-year-old how they're doing with their thesis? Like, what the hell? Um, so, so it's really made me think about the things I do and the things I say and how much I hide from them and how much I don't, you know. Um, and maybe that's why people are also angry is these born freeze. Have they ever actually asked their parents' perspectives of the country's history? You know, get that perspective and then go and read a book. Read. Don't just read the book that has to do with your degree, but find out. Maybe read newspapers. Speak to people who were there about apartheid, what it means, what the legacy is. Why people who can't let go of apartheid won't let go of apartheid. You know, you can't just be young and black and decide you're angry because you were born into anger. Have you, have you questioned the mentality behind it? I say this because it's a, it's a struggle. I have with my dad. Um, my father was a political prisoner. Uh, there was a raid, uh, when, uh, in 1987, where, which is the year before I started grade one. And after this raid, my father made sure, well, I don't know where he was because he disappeared, but he made sure that my mother and I were snuck, uh, out of, uh, my fikeng. Uh, and to Kimberley. From Kimberley, when we knew it was safe, we went to Tabanchu. Um, and from there, my mother found out that now they were after her. So she left me in Tabanchu. Um, and, uh, was arrested when she got back to, to, to Mafi Gang. So for a good, for a good year, I was kind of orphaned because now my dad had gone underground. My mother was arrested. I had to live with my grandmother and my cousins in, in a town I was used to usually just visiting, not actually staying in, right? And long story short, my dad came out of jail in 1991. And my mom had been released, of course, after that. And we'd grown up as a, as a, you know, I'd grown up with a single mom. I used to visit my dad in jail um, as a kid, which you can imagine can be so freaking traumatic. And while my dad was in jail, he lost both his parents and he didn't get to bury any of them. So he lost both his parents. He lost his wife because she divorced him. And um, he missed out on me growing up. He missed out on my older sisters and my brother growing up. <clears throat> Today, my dad has the most fearsome temper and the most fearsome level of racism you could ever imagine as in it's so bad that um he was shopping once and this um bumped him with a trolley it was an accident it was you know when it's full at the mall and everybody's rushing out and whatever this guy hit my dad with the trolley my dad beat him down but i'm talking beat this guy down the way you would think this guy said something about his mother. That's the level of anger my father has. When my father finds out I'm working with white people, it's always watch your back. Um, tr trust them within reason. Um, you know, he will, he once told me a story of how when he was a kid, he used to work at the post office just after he finished school. 
and he had to go past a suburb to get to work. And what happened was these, these white boys would release dogs to chase him down and attack him. You know, that was just one of his stories, you know, and he, so he's grown up with all of this anger and I understand it. You understand, but I understand where he's coming from. Now I'm not going to be angry and hate every single white person because, Oh, you, your people chased my dad with dogs and Oh, your uncle hit my dad with a trolley. That poor uncle, I promise you it was a genuine, uh, you know, accident, but I understand. You understand. So I'm saying, Get people's perspectives and don't make it your problem. And then when there are people who are still stuck in the past, in fact, again, you know, anger and hate take so much energy. Channel that energy into understanding the root of things. Like people who still blame apartheid for things. I actually get it. I get it. I get someone going, you taught me I am less. And only now I'm realizing it's something I was taught and something I should unlearn. But you're not going to unlearn it overnight. Okay, I moved the first time I, I got my own place in Joburg. I, I moved into a place in, in Hillbrow. And I remember when I arrived there, um, I didn't know where the superintendent was. And there was a security guard there. Do you know that when this security guard took me to the superintendent's uh, um, house, when he got into that house, he went down on his knees and spoke to this guy like that. And what offended me there was... This guy never said this guy, uh, the security guy, the white dude, he never said the security guy must go down on his knees when he speaks to him. Like the guy would go down on his knees, put his hands together. He was a very rural guy. So I assumed wherever he was from, that's how they did things, you know. But this this man, my issue with him was he never at any point said, no, man, you don't need to do that. He let him stay on his knees the whole time you were there, you know. And I literally stood there so freaking <laughs> like... um just, I don't know. I, I felt very uncomfortable in that space, you know. So some people really are imprisoned by the mentality that came with apartheid. I mean, I don't just speak emptily as, oh, I'm watching people and I'm a comedian and I observe things on the surface. I've studied this shit. I remember when I was uh, studying towards my honors um, in dramatic art, you know, and I was reading up on apartheid and the history of this country. And one of the things I read was, you know, a whole entire doctor in a university wrote a book about how the mind of a fully grown black man is the equivalent to that of a nine-year-old white boy. Now, you want me to be to, to to just say, oh, okay. So people who've grown up being told that that's their level of intelligence wouldn't still right now be fucked up by what apartheid did. They are still fucked up. They are still fucked up. So if you are if you are black and you don't understand this white person with their fucking issues, let me tell you something. There are also those people who, from the time they could understand a language, were taught about the swartkafar. There are young black men, um, sorry, young white men who grew up being taught that their job is to protect their families because there are black men who are coming to rape their mothers and their sisters, who are coming to kill them and take everything they own. Now you tell me how if that's what you've grown with as your truth, as your frame of reference, and you don't have any other objective point of view because you are living in a closed community. Tell me how that person at 35, at 40 is going to understand that, oh, actually we're all the same, we can all live together. I'm saying have perspective. Don't just go and be reactionary because that's when we start to mess things up unnecessarily. I know that, oh, it's supposed to be a lighthearted show. We should be having a good time. Muhaha, feeling better about ourselves. I just feel like some things we must talk to. Dig into it yeah. and think about it. But because we're missing lightness, let me bring some lightness into my life. Let's bring my ballet into this. Let's show her that her freaking absence here has made me deep and depressing. Here when I'm a ballet.
No, you don't sound depressing. You mm. sound thought-provoking, like a leader, leadership. Mm. These yeah. things that you are talking about today are important things. Uh, please, please, <laughs> please. Do you know? Do you know what? Do you know what I think we should do? What should this we do? Kate? After this is after my recommendation that we take a public holiday and we all light up joints and get yes. high together. <laughs> after that, after that public day, then on June 15, we must all bang somebody deliberately out of our race group. So if you're black, you must bang, bang an Indian guy. If you're white, yes. you must bang a colored girl. If you, you know? A we mass orgy. A mass multiracial yes. orgy. Yes. yes. This is exactly. the most beautiful, most... Wow. This is, this is nation building. This is nation building. <laughs> How are you, Mabali? Our comfort zone. Yo, my friend, I am, I am tired. I am tired because, you know, I've moved into my new spot now. Everything is official. Mm. And you know, and you know, when they say that moving is the second most stressful thing after death, like after <laughs> dealing with somebody who's died, obviously not after your own death. They don't lie when they say these things. So I move, I move, I move in yesterday. Ne? Yeah. Now, about a week or two ago, um, I was doing that. You know, when I was still looking for a place and then I came across this place and then I was saying to the lady who was showing it to me, oh, well, you know, there's a problem with the sliding door that opens up onto my patio because, you know, the trap. Onto her patio. That the, yeah. Sliding you know, doors and you know, patios. You've arrived. <laughs> sir, sir, continue. You know, no, friend, it's not like that. You know, when the, the track that the door slides open on. Mm. It's faulty, that thing. So it doesn't slide properly. Number two, the actual door doesn't lock. So I mentioned it to this woman a week or two ago when I first saw the place and she said, it's okay, it's fine. Uh, We'll have it taken care of. Yesterday, I move in. It still has not been taken care of. And I'm frustrated and I'm angry. Anyway, I'm thinking to myself, I need to, like, get all my boxes and stuff unpacked ASAP. And the best way for me to do that is to, like, buy some booze and you must not be packing boxes while sober. So this is what I do yesterday. <laughs> Throughout the night, I'm busy drinking and I'm also unpacking and I get most of the hard labor done. Yeah. Then I think to myself, this is now around 2 or 3 in, in the morning, and I think to myself, you know what? Let me locate the key to every room so that I can lock these rooms when I'm sleeping. At least I can lock myself into like a space because this stupid sliding door doesn't lock. So mm-hmm. if anything had to happen, then at least I'll be safe in like one little room. Yes. So I, I, I locate the, the keys to the bathroom, to the bedrooms, and I'm testing these keys out. And then I go into the main bedroom. I go in and I put the key into the door, close it, and then I lock it. Then I try to unlock the key and it's jammed. It won't <sighs> open now. <laughs> so now I've locked myself in the bedroom. I don't have my phone with me. It's two, it's two, three o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting in about a second. But now this is also, this is also after many hours of drinking and unpacking. Yeah? So my mind is now slow, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, no, it's fine. I try to unlock. This stupid key is jammed, so it won't unlock. Then eventually the lock turns. No, 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 it doesn't turn because I'm now fiddling with the with the actual door handle to like try and, you know, put the key in in such a way and hopefully, you know, the, the latch or whatever is attaching, eventually this thing will, will turn. As I'm holding onto the handle, the stupid handle breaks off the door. <laughs> I'm like, damn that! <laughs> eventually, I managed to get the key out of this keyhole, but the door is locked still 
and there's now no handle. Then I look at this window, this bedroom window, and I think to myself, okay, so the sliding door does not lock. I need to get out through this window and then make my way to the sliding door and then let myself in that way. So I approach the window, right? Mm. Get onto a little chair and I come onto the windowsill. I'm thinking to myself, what's the best way to climb out of this window? Because if I just throw myself out, then I'm going to hit the ground head first. <laughs> so now I need to navigate and do like geometry, measuring of angles and doing trigonometry calculations to get out of this stupid window. So I go out of the window backwards. So I put my foot on the windowsill outside. Then I need to push myself out of the window. And then I eventually land outside. Then I run to the sliding door. Hold on. How high it. above ground were you? No, well, I mean, it's a ground floor unit, so uh, that's, that's not an issue. Okay. I, so I make my way to the sliding door, open it, let myself in, and then walk back to the bedroom and then unlock the door from that side now with the handle. See me? Yeah. I was so proud of myself, right? Because I was like, yeah, no, look at me, look at me. Fine. Eh? This morning I wake up and I'm taking the black plastic bags with all the rubbish that's accumulated from packing and unpacking. I'm taking these, these bags. To the dustbin. I dump the bags at the dustbin. As I walk back, is there not a security camera aiming <gasps> straight at my bedroom window? And I look around and there are these cameras all over the place. So now I'm thinking to myself, okay, one of these days they're going to come knocking on my door on some, oh. yeah, sister, and like, boyanza. <laughs> like, there was very shady, suspicious behavior of some drunk person climbing out of your window and then. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me you were dressed. Please tell me yes, you were fully yes. dressed. Luckily, I was dressed. I was dressed. Can you imagine if I was but naked? That would have been a story to tell. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Please. That's how I'm doing today. Yeah. Please, I forgive you for your absence. You have clearly been through your own kind of trauma. <laughs> I will arrive with a fully a sealed bottle of tequila, and yes. we will we will heal your pain. Yes, thank you very much. Mm. Um, you are you are a very thoughtful person. Mm. Yeah. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will bring you. Uh, so, Kodua uh, Mabale, as you are telling mm. me your story, he says, "Ha ha ha, Mabs! Why do you think they moved you out of where you were staying?" <laughs> because I was a problem, clearly. People were complaining to the body corporate, and they said, "You know what? We've had enough of you. You need to go." Oh, uh, and and then this guy's saying, "Shame, man! It said that no man helped you move. What a shame!" Well, how come no. there's no man who helped you move? Like, no, you're no, a healthy were... sexual human being. Surely you're able to use your womanly wiles to trick some poor, unsuspecting man into helping you move in. Um, listen, you know, there were many an offer from uh, gentlemen friends of mine yes. who said, uh, you know, I'm strong and I'm able-bodied and I can come and help you move. But you see, the problem with being this independent woman thing is sometimes you just don't know when to take help when it's offered to you. So I was like, no, I can stop because I'd already arranged for a moving company. So the guys came, all four of them, they packed my stuff up in their truck, they brought it here, they offloaded it, and, you know, I was good to go. Mm. But uh, there were there were a few a few guy friends of mine who said, shame, man, get like a photo. And I said, no, guys, it's fine. Also, it's in the middle of the week and people are at work, you know, doing mm. nice to five things. So mm. I was just like, it's fine, I've got it sorted. Mm. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Okay, Nana, but you are stubborn, period. <laughs> I Look, don't know. This is Clement I, Tau. Does, do you know a Clement Tau? He says you are stubborn, period. Is this an ex? 
I'm not. No, not not that. Check I'm your little of. black book because you don't sound very sure. No, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Clement. I don't know a Clement. But I will agree with him. I am very, very stubborn, and sometimes it completely gets in the way of me, you know, having simpler, a simpler life. Uh, okay. So I will, I will fully admit to that one of being stubborn. Uh, but um, yeah, I've got to, I've got to um, go out and buy some stuff. You know, my mom is so happy for me. She's like, ah, oh, I wish I was the one moving. You know. Get to declutter and get to buy new things. So I'm like, yeah, fine. Send me the money to buy these new things with, because this is not exciting for me. This is just a big headache. <laughs> She's just in it for the shopping. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. Hi, Mabale. I'll leave you to finish your packing, my darling. Thank you, dear. I miss you very much, I miss and you I will too. see you. I will see you next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye. Right, so before I play you my next song, because I feel like, you know, a musical interlude, um, Katlehose Anejo asks, are you content? Hashtag ask Jimmy. Yes. Yes, I am. I am content. Um, I am financially in the right direction. I'm not quite where I want to be, but I'm happy with where I am because it shows progress. I am happy in my um personal life as well because it's moving forward it's 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 also difficult i face challenges but i'm glad that they haven't consumed me and paralyzed me from continuing the work that i do i'm happy with my children because they are they well they're happy i have happy children um and i'm content because i'm surrounded by people who feed me and by feed me i mean feed my energy feed my Chi, you know, and um, yeah, man, I am, I am, I'm incredibly blessed. So let's have a musical interlude and let's have a good time afterwards. This is CliffCentral.com. Choice. Sometimes you have it and sometimes you don't. AutoTrader gives you the choice. Now you can shop, compare and buy new cars. Watch our expert video reviews and research before you buy. Auto Trader New Car. The choice is yours. Cliffcentral.com. Oh, she's a what? Guys, I would be remiss not to mention what an amazing freaking weekend i had if you missed out on bitches be back at carnival city you missed out on history history you know when they said the revolution will not be televised this revolution was not televised but it had a huge 3500 rand, 500 rand, a 3500 strong audience and it had a killer lineup the biggest lineup of female comedians on this continent the biggest and best lineup of comedians you will ever see in this country. People were, listen, you know, one of the managers at the venue said they didn't even know that that venue could rattle. It rattled, Baba. I'm talking the kind of stuff you see happening at the stands at soccer games happened at a lineup show of women comedians. And I think it is about time. I wish I could remember the comedian's name, but there's a female comedian who said she's not a comedian because she doesn't tell jokettes. 
And it is time we stop calling ourselves comedians. We are comedians. Finish and clar. You know, no como sweater opened and she just, she, she raised the bar. We were all going, how are we going to reach with this young, this and this child? Man, this woman is a, she's a phenomenon. When you arrive in comedy, people always tell you, you need to earn your stripes. You need to graft. You need to hit the clubs, blah, blah, blah. No, bruh. This chick, I'm sure she's been doing this if six months, maybe a year. She has not been doing it that long. If you would have seen her on that stage, all I'm saying is it was a festival of headliners. Every single woman on that stage can headline their own freaking show. She hit them hard. She came off, Tenjiwe got on. Now, you have to understand when Tenjiwe got on, a lot of people know Tenji mostly as the, the, the pen, the, 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 yeah, the straight face, uh, deadpan, uh, internet sensation, right? With hashtag, my Sangoma is the best hashtag. You know, she does that stuff and she's huge online. Now she got up and she did a set and I call her the queen of one-liners. She was hitting them hard. You know, when people are laughing so hard, the person who's going to go at the end is going, yeah, but leave something for me, which was me. I was meant to headline this show and I'm sitting they're going this thing is not getting easier this bar is being raised higher and higher and higher and i have no idea how i'm gonna do it okay then you had celestine Tuli come in there and you know when celeste comes in it's over that's a bazooka that's it's over you're it's done she lives carnage okay so there was genocide and then we had a break because then you need people to put themselves back together as much as possible then we had tracy oliver get on there now let me tell you about tracy lee oliver guys when tracy lee oliver went up there you were like, who's, who's Beyonce? Who? From where? From how? She was, there are no words. Now, just imagine if, take Beyonce's voice, then you take Wanda Sykes' sense of humor, put them together. That's Tracy Lee Oliver. Okay. After her, you had Nina Hasty, who people have watched this girl play with comedy and toy with it. And I'm telling you, she was doing foreplay. This weekend, she showed me that she has arrived. She was the orgasm that she has been building all these years. Nina Hasty, freaking phenomenal. All right. After Nina Hasty, um, Tumi Morake had to get on. This is the point at which you must know I was but pooping myself. Cause in between all of this, you have Anelem daughter hosting like a boss. Hosting like this shit should be going international right about now. And now by then, I am just now talking to my ancestors saying, Bafed, I, this is time for you to please step it up a moment. I'm like, I'm looking for my snuff that time. I'm like, where's my sniff? So I can make sure I get direct access on this phone call. Trying to pour a little beer there for them on the ground on some guys. Step on the stage with me, you know? And for the first time in the, in a long time, I went, this is why you are to be Marake, bitch. This is who you are in case you were wondering and you had forgotten. It was phenomenal there was intelligence there was wit there was thought-provoking stuff and you know when men and women are all walking out feeling freaking amazing because i think a lot of guys were worried that oh gosh it's a lot of estrogen it's gonna be man bashing and we were up there going listen we don't want to bash you we'd love to bang you but we're not trying to bash you and it was just freaking awesome i was so proud to be a bitch um Yes, I have another question here. Somebody says to me, to me, what happened to our She's the One SA finale photos? Uh, auntie, my iPhone was stolen. And um, why is my phone stuck now? Um, wait, here she is. She says, 
no, it's not Katrosian. Sorry, it's so fruity. Tando peaches. She says, "What happened to our selfies from the STOSA finale?" Yeah, so my iPhone was stolen, and look, luckily it had a passcode on it. Um, unfortunately, um, that those photos hadn't been backed up to my iCloud yet, um, because I don't do those things uh, automatically. Because well, <laughs> I have content on my phone. Let's just say I'm one of those people who, when their phone gets stolen or goes missing, I I, I have a small stomach ache. Um, I feel an ulcer come on because you know, I have pictures, I have things on my phone. I right now my new phone is freaking Fort Knox. You need you need fingerprint, you need pattern, you need code, and then on top of that you need blood sample. Like. <laughs> I can't. It's Fort Knox. People don't even want to touch my phone anymore because they'll be like, okay, Timmy, I'll take the picture for you. And they're like, oh my God, how do I get to it? So, yeah. Ish. Sorry, man. Yeah. <sighs> Let's see if I have any other questions. Um, I don't see any other questions. Nobody likes me. Don't want to give... Oh, somebody wants to know where they can catch my shows in Johannesburg. Well, I will be um, hosting um, the box comedy at Maboning Precinct in Johannesburg. So if you're up for some comedy, come to Pop Art. We're doing stand-up comedy this Sunday. Um, but also, if you stay on my page and you keep following me on Twitter, I will I will post when I'm doing club gigs because I'm going to be doing quite a few club gigs. I don't plan on doing a lot of lineup shows this year because the plan is to tour to me or not to me, which is a one-man show I did last year, which um, I think think I owe it to a lot of people to just tour it the, around the country and then bring it back to Joburg again when it's further cooked. Uh, somebody says, am I a better driver now after that driving challenge you did on Ignition TV? Yes, I'm definitely a better driver because um, now I don't just speed. <laughs> uh, because I've, I now understand the dynamics of speeding and understanding what you're doing when you're speeding and knowing where you're driving. Um, I'm also a safer driver because I've actually figured out the clever way to drive in the rain and how to deal with curves. Because I used to be very scared of driving, you know, on those Durban roads where there's like curvature for days. I'd be driving like a, like a granny. Now I've learned how to take those things. But yeah, I'm definitely a better driver because I've realized it's not about how expensive your car is that's going to keep you safe on the road. It's about how well you're taking care of your car and how aware a driver you are on the road. Somebody asks, what keeps you so gr grounded? This is Kele Palazzi. I surround myself with my family a lot. Um, a lot of people will realize you don't see me at a lot of these fancy events with celebrities and whatever because those celebrities are not my friends. I make sure that I spend my time with my family and that reminds me of who I am and where I'm from. Also, I have nothing to be full of myself about, guys. I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a small town girl and I'm a little fish playing in a big town. I'm not going to take on sharks. Sorry, I'm going to stay in my lane. Um, somebody again asking me about the weight loss. Seriously, ladies, if you're trying to lose weight, I find that you can't do what other people are doing. It won't work for you. There was a time I was gymming like a demon. It did nothing for me but exhaust me. Well, it made me feel good, but the weight loss was just, you know, it was taking its own time. Now I found something that works for me and it's, it's a steady thing. And I, what I love about my personal trainer is when he started with me, he said to me, if all you want is weight loss, I'm not your guy. He's about making me strong. He's about making me healthy. So I would say speak to a trainer about kettlebells. I find that it's so cathartic as well. Because also, ladies, if you're overweight, honestly, if you're being honest with yourself and you're overweight and you know you have issues, include therapy. Because what's helped me is also doing a lot of therapy to just get to the root of some of us carry our, our issues in our body. Some of us, our body weight is our pain. 
And, you know, one of these days we'll talk about these things and I'll share my story. But um, if you're really struggling with your weight and you've tried everything, if therapy isn't one of those things, couple it with therapy, you'll find that you will you'll enjoy the catharsis that comes with um realizing why you're doing certain things and finding the, your inner drive to actually um, see the results that you want. Flashman said, are you serious? When will you answer back? I'm answering as we speak, Kada. Right. Um, what do modern men want in... What, what, what do mo- modern women want in a man is one of the questions um, that's being asked here online. And some of these women said they want a man with personality... I don't understand what a man without personality is. Oh, a man with a great personality. Guys, but a great personality, again, I don't think you can, you can, you can't, you can't prescribe a personality. I think when they say a great personality, they mean someone they can vibe with. Because I know chicks who like a quiet man so that she can make all the noise by herself. So, yeah. Although I know I'm one of those chicks who if a man can make me laugh, yo, by the time we finish laughing, my panties are around my ankles. Um, a man who exhibits a relaxed masculine confidence. Okay. I like that. A man who's easy with himself. By the way, for me, a masculine confidence is a man who can cry. I'm more affected by a man crying than by a woman crying. Cause I feel like crying is our thing. It's second nature. Um, a man who is comfortable to treat women as equals. Absolutely. Now that is hot. That's a turn on. That's the guy who, and, but when we say that guys, we're not saying if I have a freaking puncher and you're there, you're going to want to make me be the one to freaking lift the car and take the wheel out. Don't be an idiot. We mean you don't, you, you don't feel like we're damsels in distresses when you don't treat us like damsels in distress. When you help me, it's because you, you just, you want to do something for me. Not because you're going, I, you're a weakling. Let me save you. He, man, man, say, man, save Jane. No! A man who is supportive. That doesn't mean cup my, my boobs in your hands and say, Oh, look, I'm a bra, I'm supporting you. Ah, ah, ah. We mean when you're there for us, not when you're always trying to find a solution when we tell you what's wrong. Cause guys do this a lot. If I'm telling you what's wrong, I'm not saying give me the solution. I'm saying listen, listen. And if I say, what do you think? Then maybe you can throw your five cents in. A man who allows her to be a woman. Mm. Let me be a woman. If I must mens, mens with me. Go and get me my, my tampons, get me my chocolate. Expect that I'm going to be moody and support me sometimes when I'm being moody. Be on my side just once. I'm going to scream at that taxi driver. You know I shouldn't be, but scream with me and support me and say, Oh, try like I'll be that guy, baby. And then rub my thigh gently with your hand. Let me be. A man who treats this woman as special. Oh, by special, we don't mean special. And you're explaining every single thing to me like I'm a five-year-old. You mean special, you know? Like you treat me like you can't believe you've got me. You know, I love guys, and I've seen this, where a guy is a clear 10. And his woman is also a very clear 11 and a half. And he treats her like, no, no, I'm actually a five. And I can't believe a 10 like you chose a five like me. That is freaking awesome. I love that. Especially now, cause you know, there were guys, I've heard a lot of guys say, yeah, but you guys make your own money now. You know, you're all independent. You don't need us. Listen, here's what you need to understand. I can afford all those things, but when you book me into a spa, I don't care that I can afford to book myself into a spa. The fact that you realized that I need to relax, that I need a time out and I need to be spoiled. That makes 
all the freaking difference. If I'm making extra zeros than you, but I get back from home and you've put my electric um, foot massage thing on with my favorite bubble bath and you've got my favorite tea waiting for me, that's all I'm asking. I don't know why guys always have to equate making us feel special with finances. It's not about finances, guys. It's about those, you know, the guys I love who to this day, 10 years later, he's still calling his lady calling his baby, his lady mama. You know what I mean? Show love, guys. Show love. Uh, Kodua asks, would you, would you, would you all the Cinderella stories girls watch growing up messes up their mentality about love? Oh, I think she's asking if the Cinderella stories mess up our mentality about love. Um, yeah, I don't know. Okay. For me, it's a double-edged sword. When I look at the Cinderella story, I think about how much easier it is for women, I think, to move from one class to the next. Um, just in the way we can clean up, dress up. There's a girl who can go, you give her, if you give her 200 rand and send her downtown to, into one of those China shops. And then you take a chick with a budget of 10,000 rand in Santon and you make her dress up. And then they both show up to the same club. It's very hard to spot the difference sometimes. You know what I mean? So. The Cinderella story for me has that side to it where it's like maybe that chick was sleeping in the cinders, you know, all raggedy and stuff. But look at what a little cleanup can do. You move from the chick who sleeps in the chimney to the chick who's chilling in a palace. So that's the double edged sword where the, the fairy tale, I think, does F it up for us. And our perspective of love is that all these men need us to rescue them. And a lot of times we found that we need to rescue our men. Um but also this thing of rescue is also problematic because then you find those chicks who insist on dating man whores, who insist on, 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 on dating guys who are toxic because they think they can heal them. And I'm like, dude, you found him like that. What makes you think you're going to change him? If he was something else and you met him and then he became this thing and you feel like you can bring him back to who he was, that's different. But yeah, this rescue thing is a problem. Because also, I think that's why then uh, these these women, these girls at these clubs, then want to rescue married men. I have a friend who wears a, a wedding ring to clubs, by the way. He wears wedding rings to clubs. He's not married, guys. He wears a wedding ring because he said he notices guys with rings get ass more than guys without rings. And I'm like, how warped is that? Should the ring not be the thing that is supposed to cock block you? Is that not supposed to be a stop nonsense in life? But now, no, it's not. Now it's become an invitation. Now all these girls want to rescue you from your wife. I bo. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying um, in terms of image. And I think uh, Hollywood and America and all those people who make these movies have noticed that. And that's why they've tried to come out with movies where the princess will be black and the story will be set in a bayou and, you know, like the princess and the frog uh, situation. Um, and yeah, I think... Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, that's question. It's very uh, academic. Your question, in fact, but it does. It does because it's almost. It also suggests submission because then we go into these relationships and we want to submit because he's the one who's supposed to run everything. And then we wonder. We wonder why a lot of people, a lot of women who are on antidepressants, are actually married women more than single women. And even in terms of the number of suicides, you'll find it's more the married women than the single ones. Interesting. Uh, any more questions? I don't think I see any more questions. I'm checking. I'm checking. Wait, let me read. I don't read very fast. Um, yeah. So let me go back to what else? What else did the women say they want in a man? They said they want a man with ambition, but that's true. If you have direction in your life, you know, and women aren't the same. 
We just need to get the sense that you know that there's a future and you want me to be part of that future and you want us to be as comfortable as possible in it. So when we're saying you, we want you to have ambition, we're not saying I want you to prove to me you're going to be a millionaire at a certain point. But if we see that you have drive, that you know you are building towards something, especially if you and me are saying we want to have a family, what are we leaving our kids? What legacy? What are you going to do to make sure we have children who have a happy childhood? Uh, a lot of women said they like a man who's comfortable showing affection and attention. And I'm sure men also feel the same way, that they want a woman who will show them affection and attention. Yeah, shame. We, yeah, we need affirmation. It's, it's, a, it's a woman thing. We need affirmation. I love how men always talk about how we always ask, does, do I, does my ass look fat in these jeans? I mean, we just need that affirmation. We want the, the response of, I love your ass. We love the response of, but take off those jeans. They're blocking my view. You know what I mean? That's, that's the kind of love and attention we're talking about, man. Ah. <sighs> and would women care about a man if, the, if he didn't have a penis? Would women care about men if they didn't have a penis? Well, I'm going to answer for myself and say, I would still care about a man if he didn't have a penis. As long as he has learned how to use the vibrator, the dildo, as long as he, he's got his finger, finger exercises down to like, cause you know, nowadays when I see a man playing on his iPad and he's swiping and going big, going small, just I look at the speed of those fingers and the finesse with which he's swiping left and right. And I'm saying, Oh, don't you want to come swipe me? Come just take a screen grab of this. Yes. Penis Munda, it's just there, man. Don't worry about it. Plus, there are some women who lie. They're like, I want a man with a big thing. You are lying. You are lying because that thing is going to arrive, and then you're going to fear for your life because you're going to think, Yo, where are we going to put that thing? So please, ne? Yeah, stop lying to these poor men. You should just know what to do with it. Anyway, I will be out of here shortly, and um, before I do that, I think I should talk about my hugger man. My hugger man today goes to those men who are comfortable crying not the man who cries and says no my eyes are sweating the man who just owns it when he's feel when he feels affected and realizes that it takes a real man to cry because you can't be afraid of your feelings and you can't keep bottling up your feelings because that's how you end up all messed up because you've got all of this the stuff that's going to come out the wrong way at some point so that's the man i'm hugging today that man who cries because I was telling someone recently, um, I've seen a woman crying and found it pathetic at some point, but I've never, I don't remember a time I've seen a man cry and found it pathetic. So if you're a woman out there and you've got a young boy and when he cries, you tell him, oh, big boys don't cry. I'm asking you from today onwards, can you please not say that to him? Can you let him have his tears? Can you, can you just validate all his emotions instead of teaching him that there are some that are good and some that are bad? Everyone is there. It makes up who he is and is going to inform how he's going to treat the lady that comes into his life. That's me, Dumi Marake. I don't know if my time is up or not. But, um, yeah, in terms of the state of the Dumi address, um, I, I love feeling good. I love making people feel good. I have offers a lot lately uh, for me to travel overseas. And it's funny. I always say if the plan invo involves me coming home, I'm down. So I think we should embrace each other, embrace our differences, definitely have a whole lot more sex with ourselves and with other people. Just touch yourselves. Just 
be comfortable. Just you, you know, guys. With this, we're never gonna fix anything until we fix ourselves. That's why I'm saying this. I know me, I talk cack all the time, and I get paid to do it. But I truly, 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 truly believe that if you cannot fix yourself, you can't fix anyone else, and you can't fix any situation you're in because you are in your universe are at the center. And if the center is broken, everything else is going to collapse. That's me, Timmy Maraca, trying to be dear, baby. Don't miss me too much. I'm going to play you out and have your good time with some music. Let me see you next week when I'm back with my girl, my Bali. Bye-bye. This is CliffCentral.com.